Welcome to Sunday Morning at First Presbyterian Church. I'm Pastor Danny Deeth, and in response to the events of the amazing resurrection at Easter, it now becomes our job to discern how we respond to the events of Holy Week and Christ being raised from the dead. We are to discern how we are being led to live, to change our lives, to care for others, to welcome others to Christ's table. This is our call and our challenge. Let's do this together. Come on in. Are y'all ready to go walk on a journey with me? So let's go. We'll see how far we get. So this says, On the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. That's Jerusalem where we started. Okay. And they were talking with each other about these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Can your faces look sad? Oh, they looked sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in those days? Let's keep walking, y'all. So Jesus asked them, well, what things? They replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it's now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some of the women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those were with us, and they went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then Jesus said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things, then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us because it's almost evening and the day is now nearly over. Tell Jesus to stay with us. Say, Stay with us. Stay with us. There you go. There you go. Stay with us. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread and he blessed 
and broke it, and he gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem. Y'all, let's run back to Jerusalem, okay? Let's go. Yeah, yeah, let's go. I'm pretty sure they weren't wearing wedges. Let's go. Go. Some of them ran kind of funny. Whew. Okay. All right. So they returned to Jerusalem, and they gathered together. They were saying, the Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Luke 24, as Vicki and the children just read to you and lifted up, the walk to Emmaus. One of my favorite passages, it's great imagery, it's good characters, all chock full of goodies as far as theological and practical understandings for us. So where we jump in here is still Easter day. These two disciples who were not part of the 11, but they were in Jerusalem for what happened at that time and place, the crucifixion. The last they knew, this Jesus whom they had followed, Cleopas, and we don't know the name of the other, had watched him be crucified, dead, and buried. It's now the third day. They have given up and they are on their way home to Emmaus. Broken, disillusioned, angry, upset, grieving, the loss of what they have just been through. When, out of nowhere, comes a stranger and starts talking to them on the road. We know it's Jesus, they don't. Jesus starts conversing with them. Hey, what y'all talking about? And in stunned disbelief, what do you mean, what are we talking about? Do you not know what has just been happening in Jerusalem? the one that we thought was our prophet, priest, and king who had come, and yet it can't be because he's dead and they killed him. They crucified him. And Jesus then has conversation and says, oh, you didn't get it, friends, and went through the prophet's to give all of those prophecies and all of the ways that the Messiah was said to have come, Jesus, and still they don't know it's Jesus, is talking to them about and using Scripture. Then they get there. They're in Emmaus, and the sun is starting to set. Jesus separates as they go to wherever they are going, maybe their home, maybe a place for the night. And they say, oh, no, 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 come, stay with us. 
It's getting late. It could be dangerous. Let's have a meal together. Come with us. We'll take care of you. And they welcomed Christ into that space and they had dinner. And at that dinner, Jesus takes the bread and breaks it. Boom. And their eyes were open and they recognized him. And as soon as he did, he vanished. Done, gone. Was it with a wink? Was it with a smile? Don't know. So Jesus then disappears and shocked and stunned. Wait, wait, did you, did you see what I saw? He was here and then it was Jesus, stranger to Jesus to then gone. And then they reflect for a moment and say, I felt something while the stranger was with us on the road, right? Did you feel that? Now that I've, I think back, something was happening in my heart and in my life. Were our hearts not burning when he opened scriptures to us? And so excited, the seven-mile journey they have just taken, even though sun is setting, they hightailed it back to the rest of the disciples to say, guess what we saw? Jesus appeared to us. It's a great story. All kinds of stuff raise themselves here. Let's hit the high points that we need to know and understand where we usually hit. And then I wanna focus on one of these pieces. So Jesus joins them and what does Jesus use to help discuss, help them to seek to understand this relationship, their lives, what has just happened? Jesus uses scripture. And it's a word again about how important scripture is in our lives, in our daily journey as a people who have been called to follow. And I think in general, we do a poor job. If we are not engaged with God through scripture, then we are missing one of the main revelation points and one of the main points and ways that God speaks to us through this living word. And Jesus interprets to them and says, this is where it said this and it's happening. This is where this happened. He's using the Hebrew Bible because that's what they had. Scripture's at the core. It's not the only, but it is crucial and at the heart of our journey. Don't think you can't do it. Don't think you don't get it. Don't think it's too hard to decipher and decode there is plenty of help out there. There's plenty of help in here. One of the gift, gifts God gives us is each other to come together and to study and to worship, to pray, to ask questions, to express doubt, to express faith as we engage in scripture and prayer and a life of service to Christ. That's a gift to all of us. I think we don't see church that way often. Scripture is crucial. Then, as they were about to part, they welcomed him in. This is where we will focus. He shared with them the broken bread, reminiscent of 
a couple of nights ago for them. I don't know if they were at the Last Supper. We don't know that. But they're going to put that together when they run back to see the other disciples. Wait, he broke the bread. Wait, he broke the bread Thursday. Reminiscent of the sacrifice, this is my body broken for you. Every time you break of it, do so in remembrance of me. So they are setting up some of these larger pieces. And they were so excited at being in the presence of Christ and seeing the risen Christ, they could not contain themselves. And what did they do? They ran. They ran to go tell everybody their disciples, their friends, that Christ, in fact, has been raised. All kinds of good stuff here. Let me give you another account that might have been on the news in 33 AD Jerusalem, WRBL, starting the nightly news story. Topping our news stories tonight. Let's go to Chuck Williams, our man in the field. Headline, Jesus of Nazareth was shot today as he approached two people on the road to a village called Emmaus. One of the shooters, a man named Cleopas, he was traveling with his companion on the road back to their home in Emmaus after spending time in Jerusalem for the Passover festivities. Cleopas's statement reads, we were just talking and walking on the road when out of nowhere a stranger walked up to us, spoke to us. We feared for our lives and in self-defense, both my companion and I drew our pistols and shot him. We then ran home to Emmaus, alerted the authorities and locked ourselves in our house in case he came back. While witnesses saw Jesus, the victim shot and his body fall to the ground, that body has in fact gone missing. This story is further compounded by the fact that some say the victim, Jesus of Nazareth, was the same man who Pilate had crucified three days ago for blasphemy and sedition. Some are claiming that this Jesus had been resurrected and was in fact rushing to inform these two followers of his that he was indeed alive. Cleopas and his companions, firearms were purchased legally from Judas's house of guns located just on the outside of the temple walls in Jerusalem. We will continue to follow this story as it develops. WRBL News. Silly, right? It didn't happen that way. A fictional account. But if we look around at what has happened in the last couple of weeks in our country, it is no more far-fetched than what we've been seeing every night. Listen to these four that you know. I will remind you. Liberty, Missouri, near Kansas City, Ralph Yarl shot. Yarl shot. 16-year-old honor student, in the head and arm. Ralph was going to pick up his two brothers at 115 Terrace 
but instead went to 115 Street one block away. Andrew Lester shot him multiple times. The next part is that he ran, Ralph ran multiple times to multiple homes that did not help him. Finally, someone did help him and called the police. Fort Edwards, New York, Fort Edward, New York, shot Caitlin Gillis, an honor student, and her friends as they were seeking a home of their friends and found the wrong address. And as they were turning around in the driveway, shooter Kevin Monahan killed her. Elgin, Texas, east of Austin, shot Heather Ross and Peyton Washington in a grocery store parking lot after cheer practice to change from one car to another. They got in what they thought was the right car and it wasn't. They were in the back seat. There was someone in the passenger side. They realized it immediately, jumped out tried, and went back to their former vehicle. The man in the front got out anyway and shot them. Pedro Teller Rodriguez Jr., wrong car. Gastonia, near Charlotte, North Carolina. Shot six-year-old girl and her parents, Kinsley White, by Robert Louis Singletary. For what we know so far, their basketball they were playing with went into his yard. The six-year-old Kinsley is okay. It grazed her cheek. The mother had her elbow grazed and the father was shot in the back protecting his daughter. Any more absurd than the story I just made up about Jesus being shot because he was the stranger on that road? We are in a difficult place in time in our country. And while, yes, guns are a part of this, there's an even deeper piece of this that speaks to us as who we are. And it is our ability to welcome the stranger. We know that welcoming the stranger is a part of our Christian journey. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Hebrews 13. Matthew 25, we know maybe the greatest example. When you have fed the hungry, given drink to the thirsty, welcome the stranger, clothe the naked, healed the sick, visited the prisoner. That's where you have seen me. In the least of these, I am there when you have done this. When you have welcomed the stranger, you have welcomed me. What's even more than how they have taken this out 
is why there is so much fear, why there is so much anger. Why are we in a time and a place in our country when people step on our property, it gives us right to kill them? So yes, those two disciples that were with Jesus would not have known he was him, that Jesus was Jesus, if they had let him walk away. But they welcomed him, a stranger, someone they didn't know. They didn't know until they sat down at dinner after they invited him to join him and brought them into their dwelling and were at table. One of the ways Christ tells us that we see and encounter him is to welcome the stranger. Now, we don't want to swing too far. I'm not asking you to go home and prop open your front door and welcome in anybody who comes by. We have to have some degree of common sense and understanding and stop living in fear of everyone else in our life. Everyone else that's a stranger. Yes, sometimes, and you always need to be aware of your surroundings. You need to be aware of people in your life and do they pose a threat. But we have overcompensated and now have allowed fear and anger to take us over so that now we make poor decisions and destructive outcomes and death. Guns need to be addressed, but more than that are why they're shooting in the first place. I'm talking about these four, I'm not talking about mass shootings, that's another conversation, but I'm lifting up what I think is a temporary insanity that applies to all of us at different times. You know it, you've been in it. Ever been mad that somebody cut you off and you went after them a little bit, did you? Mm-hmm. Try to get next to them and you're not waving with all five fingers. Or maybe worse, you get aggressive and try to get in front of them and cut them off. It's a temporary insanity. With this shooter, with the six-year-old, his was anger that turned into rage that consumed him in that moment. Is that who he is? I, I don't know. I don't know him. These others where the wrong house was, came, they went to the wrong house in the driveway. They were so consumed with fear for somebody stepping on their property, they thought it was okay to shoot. Why? How do you get to that point? A lot of this has to do with managing our mental and emotional state. A lot of this has to do with us not being aware of how to deal with anger, disappointment. Your boss fires you, what do you do? You go shoot up a bank because you're angry. It's a temporary insanity. And the gun is just a quick and efficient way Throughout time, we have always been volatile as human beings. 
But now in that vulnerable emotional state where we find ourselves, it's a quick and easy way to pick up and act in that broken moment. According to the CDC in 2020, what accounted for the majority, over half of US gun deaths in 2020? Suicide. It was suicide. 54%, 43 were murder, and there was a 3% in there that was the other category that included gun deaths that were unintentional and accidents and law enforcement. That's in the 3%. 43 murder, 54 suicide. For those who are lost in the pit of depression and have no hope, that is a moment where they are broken and vulnerable and in a temporary insanity, but a temporary darkness. We've got to do better about this. We have got to know that to welcome the stranger means that we are looking out for others when we see that they are broken. And when we are broken, we have to know that it's okay to reach out. It does not make you weak, it makes you strong. Last week we talked about Jesus. How did he show himself to doubting Thomas? He showed them his wounds. And in doing so, they knew they were in the presence of Christ. Depression and anxiety affects 21 million people in this nation. Those who die from cancer is around 600,000, which is too much and awful in every case. But 600,000 versus the 21 million, and if we're honest, we're all on that spectrum. Sometimes things align and we find ourselves in a dark place. And for us to welcome the stranger, it means that we, again, need to have the courage to reach out when we find ourselves alone or in the dark. And we can't see hope and we can't find our way to the next step. We can't get out of bed. We can't function in our life. And friends, so many of us are there from time to time. You are not alone and we are with you. If you are in that place right now, I want to give you this number, 988. It is the Suicide in Crisis Hotline. 988 is the Suicide in Crisis Hotline. Call them if you are lost and hopeless. We love you, God loves you, and these people will help you. Welcoming the stranger means we step outside of our comfort zone and with those people that we interact in the world, it means showing hospitality in a way, again, that is safe, but you're still being pushed. And you will see Christ in their eyes and they will see Christ in yours. We are called, like on a mission trip, we separate ourselves, we are outside of our comfort zone, and when we go and visit, we see Christ in the faces of those strangers that we have never met and they see Christ in ours. Strangers in this room, we're a church family. How much do we really know about each other? 
We are still largely strangers to one another. Why is it that the time that we get to know people most is reading their eulogies? And you read that and you say, oh my goodness, I never knew. Look at all that they did. Look, we were there. We've done that. I know people. It's a travesty. We don't know each other more than we do and welcome the stranger within us. As we grow as a church family, I'm hopeful that we will continue to embrace the strangers in one another in this space. And for ourselves, yes, there are parts of ourselves that are strangers to us that we wall off and separate and pretend don't exist. This is the shadow side of who we are. This is what we must explore. This is what we must excavate and lift up and put it at the foot of the cross and seek help from Christ, from those in this world and our community that can help you and me and all of us. That is embracing the stranger in us. And then we go, because the world's full of strangers, but the world is full of brothers and sisters in Christ. All of God's people were created by God. That makes us a human family. So today we are being called to celebrate, yes, that Christ has been raised, to celebrate scripture in our lives, to know that God is often out there and we don't see Christ with us as these disciples did, to break bread with one another, to remember and celebrate Christ, but to welcome the stranger. And in doing so, We are being called and we are responding to the events of the risen Christ and his resurrection glory. Go with courage. Your challenge this week is to safely welcome strangers in yourself, in the community, and in the world. Hallelujah. Amen.